2: Alright, welcome ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another week, uh, nothing definitely happened, ba- we're back with another week of the Womba Podcast, excited to be here as always, we're starting fresh, that's what we do here on this show, so again, I'm CPK, joined by BSJ as always, happy to have you once again, and uh, definitely plenty to talk about throughout this week that uh, took place, some surprising stuff we'll get to shortly, but uh, BSJ as always, how you doing man? I'm
3: good man, uh, just... Uh, Ready to talk some dotes, honestly. Um, I'm good now that uh, everything's gone perfectly smoothly so far.
2: Yes, we're we're off on the right foot. We're off on the right track here now, but uh, there is plenty of the content to go over and a couple of, like teasers, I guess, uh, before we jump into our initial topic. But uh, in case you didn't hear, you had another big retirement coming out throughout this week. Uh, Manonas Universe. We'll we'll kind of we'll go over his uh, brief history. Not really brief history. He's been around for a long time, but we'll briefly go over his history and uh, talk about you know where we think he stands amongst the best of all time, etc. There, but uh, obviously another member of N. NI- IP in that case, also uh, going going the retirement route, so uh, plenty to discuss there, uh, amongst uh, a couple other topics uh, here and there that we'll have fun with, but uh, figured it makes sense, of course, to start things off with the WePlay event that currently is going on. Uh, we play Pushka League Season 1. And of course, this incorporates both the European and CIS regions, similar to what we have with the ESL side of things. And there's, what is this, seven teams, it looks like? Yeah, seven teams from each region. They're playing it out of the group stages, and they're currently about halfway through the group stages. So I believe this whole event, yeah, it's another one of these really long winded events, going to last about three plus weeks or so. Obviously, there are some roster mix ups because of it being all online and everything going on right now. But for the most part, people are uh, the teams trying to run with their uh, standard rosters, but uh, so far you do have NIP actually is leading the European region. Now, that might baffle you a little bit. You're like, wait a second. Well, that's something else that took place throughout this week. NIP, they picked up uh, a new roster, the Chicken Fighter Squad. That we saw at the ESF, one of those surprise teams that definitely made some big plays. So you're looking at Charlie Dota, Supreme, Saberlight, ERA, and Seneco is their full roster. Fun to see some of those names, especially a player like Supreme. I've been impressed with that guy uh, going back these last couple of seasons as one of these more you know, up-and-coming players. So cool to see him now on a team like NIP. But uh, they're 3-0 to kick things off. So now with that long-winded explanation there, BSJ, what do you think about this event so far?
3: Hey, so just making sure, chat said I'm quiet.
2: Yep, and I turned you up a little
4: bit. Okay, gotcha cool.
3: Now. Just making sure, uh, hard to tell from my end, but uh, yeah, I, I like to see teams like Chicken Fighters get noteworthy recognition for their accomplishment. They looked really strong at, at the uh, ESL Online event, and I'm glad to see that they're doing so well on their new roster for NIP. Obviously, kind of sad the whole thing that's gone on with NIP. But to be frank, I haven't been watching too much Dota recently just because, God, I had to take a chill pill. Probably going to start watching this week again just because there's probably too much Dota to be watched for me over the course of that three-week period during ESL. So so, uh, this patch also has been getting ironed out a lot. I think the games were kind of boring when it came down to just how much snowball effect there was and really no comeback potential. So we do have another patch that came out today, just now. So that's that's good, and uh, I'm gonna keep my eye out to see how this like continues to impact these leagues, as well as uh, like the we play and the in the BTS league, which just ended, and all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, certainly, and that, that that's kind of the interesting thing, right? Where we're sitting here talking about how there's not a whole lot of other events, and you know, two three weeks ago, that really was the case. We had the ESL event that, of course, you were part of, and that was the major focus for good reason. It was a it was a massive event, but uh, these other events have started popping up, and we, we are starting to get a bit saturated, frankly, when it comes to a lot of these online events. But again, this one certainly is one of the bigger ones right now. This two hundred and fifty thousand dollar prize pool. We are talking about WePlay, who, as we both know and as we've stressed, is an organization. That that's obviously done uh, quite a bit for Dota 2 in the recent years and has uh, certainly been, uh, been an awesome provider for not only these events but content. So, uh, yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't been, guys. It is a daily event. Uh, I am on board with you. You know, there has been a lot of Dota to watch lately, so I can't sit here and say I've been grinding all these matches necessarily. But it does incorporate both, like I said, the European and the CIS regions. They are playing amongst themselves initially in the group stages, and then in the playoffs is when they'll compete against one another um in fact uh, four teams from each group make it onto the playoffs and play a double elimination from the looks of it so um something else to keep in mind there as we're moving forward so um og seed uh, is currently at the bottom of the european region worth mentioning uh, that's a team of course um madara chesse z free exhibit and pexu uh, off to a struggle of a start but every team is still eligible um moving forward right there but yeah real quickly on nip again it's this is a pretty legitimate organization, and frankly, I was—I guess—I'm not surprised to see that they so quickly signed a new team. But at the same time, I—I I, I almost am. It, it, it's because it's a weird spot with esports right now. There aren't these big LAN events, so these big organizations like an NIP—you know—how willing are they to be involved in these uh, titles right now? If it's not going to be a team that. You you would expect to be getting you know top tier results in these online events. Now, obviously, off to a very good start here, um, but it was a little bit of a leap, right? I mean, these aren't players that we know as you know top tier players. Uh, Era has history, Seneko certainly as well, but this whole roster is it's not it's not something that you'd expect to uh, to be signed so immediately.
3: Uh, it kind of gives good. I want to say good hope but the fact that an organization is willing to pick up a team that's clearly been playing together a decent amount of time and it's also players that have kind of proven themselves to be like hard workers and and consistent partakers in the professional scene of of Dota I think it's really it's really it's a leap of faith to some extent but it's also a good indicator that these organizations don't just 100% need you to be tier one in order to sign you. I think chicken fighters kind of proved themselves to be, you know, a fighting contender for for the e- European region. So while I'm not disagreeing with you that it's a bit surprising, I'm also kind of pleasantly relieved that an uh, organization would pick up a team like this. Mm-hmm.
2: I was trying to remember who Supreme played for, but that's right. It was Hippomaniacs. They were one of those, like I said, those teams that. And I got the chance to cast many qualifiers throughout recent years. And they're one of these European squads that always would do fairly well, but of course never competed with the big dogs. But he especially was certainly one that really stood out to me on the roster. So I am looking forward to seeing how they do. And again, 3-0, fantastic start. Uh, so we'll see how that continues moving forward. So really don't want to break down too much more of this event. As like I mentioned, still got plenty left in it uh, to go. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it, though. As it continues to move on. So that's the We Play event. Definitely check it out if you haven't. Uh, you know, actually, on that note, since we're talking about uh, organization getting a team so quickly, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Uh, your favorite Cloud Nine. They uh, announced yeah. today that uh, they no longer are interested in their Dota 2 team, <laughs> parting ways with Eternal Envy and crew uh, just earlier today. So
3: my uh, little heart can barely take the, the shock <laughs> of, of that occurrence.
2: Right. I I I'm looking at you right now and I'm just yeah, it's I'm I'm surprised you're still sitting there right now and the the shock that's going through you. Yeah.
3: I'm yeah. still processing, but I'll figure it out.
2: It was a rough journey for them to, to say the least. And and see I think they're the other side of it, right? They're the other example where again there isn't these big Atlanta events going on. There's not this great opportunity for a team like Cloud9 to necessarily get the exposure right now. And let's just say the results weren't the greatest uh, that they had when they're run uh, with the team these last couple of months. So can't say I'm any bit surprised, but Cloud9 has been a funky organization in Dota 2, hasn't it, man? It's they, They're constantly one that pops in and then leaves, pops in, leaves, pops in, leaves. So I want to sit here and say I don't expect them to get a Dota 2 team anytime soon, but who knows, right?
3: Yeah, based on the fact that they were willing to pick. So it's like when I see a team like Chicken Fighters, I'm like, wow, like, I can see why an organization may take a small leap of faith to, to pick them up. When they picked up uh, Cloud9 with, like, the Eternal Envy stack, I'm like, I understand there's been some, like, veteran players here, but, like, what have they proven in, like, the recent past to, like, make themselves an eligible candidate to for a team to try to pick up? So, to me, that was very, like, the opposite of this chicken fighter situation where it's like, some teams really deserve a chance, and some teams, it's like, what have they done recently? What have they done for me? You know, what have they done to prove to me that they do deserve that chance? So the whole way, I was incredibly skeptical of that team. And uh, I guess if you're Cloud9, it's better to have folded your bad hand than it is to continue trying to bluff with it or whatever the yeah. analogy would be.
2: To, to be real, let's. I don't know how much expectation they did have for this team. Um, obviously, there was very limited, not much from yourself <laughs> and and many others. But when it comes to a marketing aspect, they certainly bring that presence, right? You are dealing with Eternal Envy, one of the most popular players in North America, especially and definitely an icon amongst uh, people that watch Dota 2, so Misery has been around forever, so the name that people recognize Pilot Eye, etc. So I, I, I see this team as maybe a bit more of that, not to say that they couldn't have won anything ever, certainly, but uh, it, it. I don't think Cloud9 is necessarily the most disappointed in the end I guess is where I'm coming from. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that, that's what I would uh, expect from a perspective, so... Uh, I hope again. so.
3: I think that I would be disappointed in Cloud9 as an organization if they were disappointed and surprised by this result. <laughs> That's
2: jab, jab, jab. Jab, jab. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, moving on from that, though, as fun as it is to talk about, let's uh, let's go into Universe. So last week we talked about the great PPD announcing his retirement and you know, made mention that maybe not the most surprising in some ways with the timing and and everything going on right now, and obviously he's had a fantastic career. Um, Universe, obviously another player on that NIP squad, he just earlier this week announced that he's officially also stepping out as far as competitive Dota 2 goes, making a point that he's been grinding this game. It's been his life for the last 10 years. Uh, He is one of the OGs when it comes to Dota 2. In fact, I was double-checking. He literally has attended every TI except this last year, right? So, yeah, he was at the first eight TIs included in that very first one that he competed in. So not many people can say that at all uh, in the Dota 2 world. So certainly an iconic name uh, to have announced a retirement. Um, Of course, playing the offlane role, and he certainly had some big moments throughout his career. But uh, Universe retiring. I mean, your thoughts, BSJ, when you first heard that news after the PPD stuff came out?
3: I don't think it's too surprising, especially after PPD did. But at the same time, it's obviously just, sad like a lot of people including myself who started watching dota around like the ti1 ti2 era they like universe has just been one of the household names especially of the na region one of the few players with somewhat consistent when i say somewhat with very consistent success um and I, i think when we like saw this whole covid situation happen you know people kind of talked about how there's a lot of businesses that just aren't going to survive. I think there's just a lot of players who have this similar mentality where it's like they weren't sure when they were going to be done, but like now that the whole I know we have these online leagues, but Dota for the most part has kind of shut down with what they know it had at what they previously knew it as. I think it's just kind of like what better time than now? Like how what where is their motivation going to go? In a time like this, I, I actually just don't really have a good answer for that. So I think a lot of them are realizing if they were considering retiring, now's the time. I know Universe, uh, he has a long-term girlfriend. I know that they've like had issues where they can't see each other at all. She was like the manager for NIP, so they were getting to see each other more. But I also know like that kind of situation can... Like, it's just with, like, Peter, I know that he wanted to move on with life, right? Move mm-hmm. on to a better chapter. I'm pretty sure Universe is just in the same spot where I'm not saying he, like, did it for his girlfriend or anything. I'm just saying that uh, there's just more prior There's some things that are more important to them. They've already won TI. You know, will they ever reach that status again? It's tough to say. Um, I can't imagine having that level of high of, you know, reaching that point and then, have like two or three years of, I don't want to say mediocrity, but in comparison, it is mediocrity. So yeah, um, I imagine it just takes its toll at some point. And now is the best time than ever. So.
2: It, it's I think this is another example of, it's a reminder that as sexy and flashy, the appeal of being an esports competitor, whether it's Dota 2 or whatever, is there for hundreds of thousands of people that are attempting to do so. The reality is, as you've mentioned there in a couple of examples, it truly is a grind. It takes over your life. You become that game in a lot of ways, and that surrounds your life. I mean, that is your life. And again, so when you think about it, for the last 10 years, he's been waking up every day to play you know, we're talking about a competitive player at minimum, I'm sure, like three to four games a day, some games some days ten plus, and he was scrimmaging with teens, doing pubs, etc. That that's understandably very, very tiresome. And I, I respect him in the sense that clearly he's gotten to a point where he just can't find the passion anymore. Again, in in some ways it was similar to what PPD said as well. He yes, he's going to business adventures too, but Could he still compete on a Tier 1 team and make money playing Dota 2 in a competitive level? Absolutely, Universe could do that. But if he doesn't really feel like, if he doesn't have the passion anymore, and if he doesn't have that drive, then it's completely understandable to step back and we are also dealing with somebody that's I was double-checking. He, I mean, he's 30 years old. He's 30 years old, 30 and a half, you know, coming up on 31 here. So, uh, obviously, again, big scheme of things, not the oldest. Hey, I'm a little bit older, so I don't want to say that's really old. But in esports terms, as a competitor, as a player, it certainly uh, is uh, is up there uh, in the year. So... That that that's my perspective on this. It's kind of a mix of again, people that are viewers of the esports world are trying to attempt to become a competitor. Certainly, it is a fascinating lifestyle. But it is not all, you know, just uh, the greatest thing ever in a lot of ways. It, it is a lot of work behind it. So, and, and no doubt, Universe, and the one word that you said, too, that I want to stress is that consistency factor. Um, well, consistency being the word. That, that to me, is what screams Universe. And a lot of these offlane players in general, that I feel like offlane is that one role that fits that the most, too, right? Where they, they're usually in this matchup that they're not necessarily the most beneficial in the game itself where you don't expect them to come out on top, but, you know, staying alive, doing their job, and then being there for that big play initiation moment or whatever it may need be. And Universe certainly had plenty of those. So uh, absolutely a player that uh, his name will go down in history, TI champion after all, and uh, up there with the best of them.
3: Absolutely. absolutely. Nothing bad to say about Universe uh, throughout the course of his career. Every time I've played a pub with him, it's funny because you can really see, like, the personality of somebody in their play. Uh, and when it comes to Universe and pubs, if you ever had the privilege of playing with him, it's just... He's just always in the right place at the right time. He's just consistently doing the right thing, and he was never a super flashy player. He had his moments with, like, the TI4 Chronos and all that kind of stuff, but he was much more about just being a rock for whatever team he was on, and if you ever talk to him in person, he's just a very calm, mellow, straightforward kind of guy, so he's definitely everything everyone probably thinks of him in real life. Like, you know, you never meet your celebrity or whatever mm-hmm. because you're, you know, you'll likely be disappointed. That just wasn't the case with the universe. He was just a consistently the same type of guy all around. So nothing but respect for him there. And, uh, Curious to see if we'll hear anything from him ever, <laughs> ever again. <laughs> yeah, see, like with, with
2: PPD, I was pretty confident, you know, what to yeah. expect, right? Again, the business sense, probably still sticking around here, But I'm with you there, you know, who the hell knows what universe is going to do? And, you know, all the power to him, right? It's his life, yeah. and uh, you've made $3 million plus. Just from prize earnings playing Dota 2, obviously, then there's salary on top of that. So he's definitely done well for himself over his career. So certainly a career to be happy about. And uh, one more thing uh, to bring up on that note is, uh, did I... I think I closed the tab. Let me pull it up real quickly. But uh, Nahaz actually tweeted out a couple of stats on him that I thought was uh, interesting to reference here. Okay, so yeah, he was talking about... Um, He was 126 and 96 career as (laughs) Darkseer, which, by the way, was 34 more games as Darkseer than anyone else. So that's kind of ridiculous. 54 and 15 career on Faceless Void. That's impressive. We're talking about high tier competition. 54 and 15 record right there. It's the highest win percentage of a top thousand player hero combos in Pro Dota all time. So there you go. And then fifty nine and twenty four careered on Tide Hunter, which is the highest win percentage ever in under thirty pro games, uh, over thirty pro games on a hero, excuse me. So, um, yeah, he certainly had some standout ones. Obviously, those three darks here, Vo- Faceless Void and Tide, uh, being the three that stand out when it comes to stats. But uh, just thought that was fun to bring up.
3: Cool. Yeah, I love those type of stats. That nobody will if you if you were around at the time, nobody will ever forget the universe. Yeah. Faceless Void.
2: With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino, to esports, to poker, and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution.
4: Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to Bluetooth.com. Your order ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping, again, blue chucom promo code BLUEWIRE.
2: Again, Universe uh, retiring, so best of luck to him moving forward and wherever he may end up. I'm mean, Again, it's, I guess talked about it a little bit, but where he ranks all-time on offliners, I mean, he has to be, what, like top three easily, kind of out the top of your head. I mean, are there others that you think are notable to be, you know, compared with him?
3: That's tough. I'd definitely say he's, I, I think top three is guaranteed. I can't. Like who else comes to mind as like a very consistent top tier offliner?
2: It's weird, right? Because you think like OG in the last couple of years, Seb, but it's Seb really (laughs) obviously. Even like somebody like Zy, but he's been playing four. Yep, Zy's been a couple of different there. Uh, I would say Boxy, but that's just bias in me. So, (laughs) oh,
3: Boxy's been around for like a year or two. (laughs) I'm thinking like people who plus four, plus four. Is also like a mid laner. Yeah, S4's so, been like, around. There's really, like, who, who's who been only an laner their entire career? It's like universe, if you really think about it.
2: It's tough, yeah. I'm like, uh, kind of. Ice. ice, ice, ice. Yeah, that's true. Okay,
3: ice, ice, ice would be that's up a good there. One. Yeah, yeah. I agree with ice, ice, ice.
2: I was going to say uh, Faith, Faith Beyond, maybe another one, but he's okay. been. Lately. Has he in really this. Been a,
3: yeah, I was about to say he had his, like, huge era. Uh, in terms of consistency, I almost think Universe has to be number one uh, yeah. throughout the years, but obviously in terms of like individual skill, if you talk about players like Ice 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 consistently in the offlaner role, that, that's, those are good comparisons, but now that I really think about it, almost every offlaner either wasn't always an offlaner, or hasn't been around nearly as long as Universe, so that's pretty crazy, now that you kind of like process it <laughs> for
2: it, a bit. It, yeah. There are a couple of others being brought up in chat. Gonna, Pasha and mind control certainly again on that list. But yeah, it, it is interesting that, that you say that because yeah, you think of players that have really just been in offlane. I mean, even nowadays we have a lot of these midlaner slash safe lane players going to offlane, you know, like Resolution for example. So um, people are saying Admiral Bulldog, haha. Uh-huh, okay, uh, Hi, Steve. yes, he is a Ti winner after all. So gotta gotta represent him. Uh, yeah, it's kind of going through the list. Certainly again, top three easily. You could make a very good argument that the universe is the best offlaner of all time. So um, one more time again, uh shout out to him for a great career and uh, best of luck for him moving forward in his future, whatever that may be. Um Absolutely. so that uh, that leads us into <laughs> again I don't know how much preparation... did you do any preparation for this by the way, this next this next thing?
3: Uh let me pull the draft. Out. Oh, no, I did not.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, may- maybe that's something we could save for, for next week. I-, I think that's something that probably would be better if we prepare for it. A okay. More. So 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 let's save that for
3: next week instead.
2: Um, I'll the, be down for
3: that. That, that should be fun. I've been, yeah, I, I will actually be able to take a breath of fresh air this week, so I can definitely talk about uh, more prep work-related things next week. Sure.
2: Uh, so to give you guys an idea, again, we with the NFL draft happening this last week, uh, the football league here, the uh, we thought it'd be fun to maybe kind of draft a team uh, from this season's performance of uh, Dota 2 players um, and uh, see how they would look. So I'm talking about maybe any free agent players that are still out Mine's there. Mine's going to
3: be 100% better than yours. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> All right.
2: I Hey, every year of the TI uh, Fantasy, I, I do f- – amazingly well the first couple of days and then it just drops but those first couple of days because i actually remember to put my cards in i'm usually you know top 0.01 percent not gonna you know you know
3: toby Wan is like one of the best (laughs) ti freaking
2: yeah he does uh
3: fantasy league guys for some reason like he he actually does it every year he's always like top one percent or whatever i'm like damn i i don't know how he pulls that off after casting with him no i'm kidding (laughs) <laughs> the shots continue. Nah, um, I, actually have no, I actually have no issues with him. I was just messing around.
2: Of course, of course. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the that's you know actually kind of going off of that real quickly. Uh, Wick Room actually announced today, as a reminder, almost that the uh, 2020 collectors' cash submissions deadline was extended by another week uh, to May 3rd. Now, of course, that goes hand in hand with the uh, compendium. The For, for a TI, uh, for TI-10, and it's starting to kind of raise questions in terms of, okay, so TI-10, are we still good? And, you know, what's going on there and what to think about that? Because by now, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say by now, or I guess very, very soon, we would expect a Battle Pass to come out for TI-10. So... Who knows, right? I mean, we, we don't – we're in a very interesting time. It goes without saying. I will say this, and this this point was brought up, which is really interesting to think about. Sweden is one of, if not the only country that currently is just – it doesn't have really any lockdown going on at all in the world. You're allowed to just go about your workday, go about hanging out at restaurants, et cetera. They've decided to treat it that way ti-10 is set to happen in stockholm this year in sweden
3: so what's their like infection rate are they are they like basically cleared or is this like uh, a, like an american ignorance situation you know like what what, what are we dealing with
2: they, they, okay we're gonna become a political talk show now um it, no it's I haven't, I'm not going to sit here and say I've really been looking at all these numbers. I will say so far, apparently it's been actually not too bad. But again, it's still, in a lot of people's minds, it's still way too early to determine if it's actually the right move going by this herd immunity idea. So yeah, that's what I'll say about it. Again, I'm not by any means anyone that's doing a ton of research on this, but that's just what I heard.
3: I just wanted to make sure like, you know. Did they previously go into lockdown and then come out of it, or did they just never do it?
2: I don't believe so. I, I believe they okay. just have stayed out of it completely. So I see. Interesting. Fascinating.
3: Yeah. I, I I'm like under the impression that TI is like not remotely happening at all in August, but uh, we'll have to see. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. And so again, over these next couple of weeks, you'd figure slash hope that we maybe hear something from a uh, Valve from Dota Two in terms of what. Uh, a game plan is moving forward even if it's just a reminder of like as of now we're still planning to but i mean just just something right would excuse me would be nice so um but uh i go back to we're in a very unique and interesting time right now so it's hard to sit here and say you know what truly is going to happen who who the hell knows frankly um with all of that but i did find that interesting uh that announcement as almost a reminder like that's right that's (laughs) something to expect uh maybe in the near future uh, moving on topics, so we had mentioned a new patch, did come out uh, last week, in pretty much the day of our last week's show, but figured you'd know, obviously wait till this week to start talking about it. and then lo and behold, uh, Part B also came out today, so uh, 7.26 patch coming out post uh, that ESL event that you were a part of, um, had plenty of changes, we've gotten to see it take place in the WePlay event amongst a couple of others so far, Um but uh, we're still on 7.268. I don't know how much you've looked at B just yet, but we'll start with... Uh, how do we want to do this, actually? Okay, we'll, we'll start we'll start with more on the item side. Are there any items that really stood out to you that worthy of mentioning?
3: Uh, a lot of people were just buying home of the Dominators over and over again, and uh, just or items in general. And I think this patch recently today addressed like the fact that the snowball nature of the game. It's not necessarily because these items were broken. It's because like all the stat items got nerfed, obviously because of the change to stats, and then uh, Hero's like ability to gain items was nerfed because of the gold. But then today they reverted that a bit by giving melee creeps a b- higher bounty, and they gave jungle creeps their bounties back so effectively what's gone on is they've just nerfed a range creep gold which (laughs) is Hmm. not really that significant i think the game was just too snowbally in favor of heroes that were like level based and really like one small item based you know they get like a helm bomb or anything and they just go brawl and that's all they did they just grouped up and brawled and they used their levels as a way to like Gained strength, heroes that would rely on going like Battle Fury, you know, and stuff were just not going to ever be viable in that previous patch. So today's patch seeks to address that. I hope to see that their changes do work. <laughs> uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, that's all I really care about. Uh, the games were way too fast, way too one sided. And uh, they made it so that you get more gold for killing people, but then killing people doesn't give reliable gold. Reliable gold just made it so that if you died, you would uh, not lose that gold. So now deaths are a bit more punishing. I think people could kind of just die and didn't really matter as long as they were farming more. It didn't actually matter to die because of like the removal of comeback mechanics and all that kind of stuff. So I think they're doing a, good job of tweaking all the things that went wrong with their initial patch. But other than knowing that their tweaks are with the right idea in mind, I can't actually predict exactly, you know, what the impact of their changes will be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's still a little early to determine that at this point, but, uh, one of the more standout ones to me personally is that spirit vessel change when it comes to items and the fact that it provides an R N L L, uh, with a 20%, uh, reduction in regen heals, lifestyle or whatever. Uh they did nerf the on use effect, of course, pretty dramatically from sixty to thirty-five percent. And then it no longer requires a windlace in fact. Let's talk about there. Increasing the pattern increase though, or the recipe increase on top of that to kind of make up for it. So um interesting idea with the fact that now there's just an aura around you know, a twelve hundred AoE aura that uh will do that negative uh on heals, etc is again this, this has always kind of been a niche item in a lot of ways towards specific heroes do, do you see that is this something that maybe is going to make it more overall good or is it still going to fit that same niche uh
3: i think it's overall different when it's good it used to be specifically good against like one hero that needed to have its regen reduced now it's really good against like group up lineups with like a mech and a Chen or something like that i think it kind of removed heroes like Chen from the viability to be honest uh I think it was more so just targeting how quick games were going rather than making it a niche item against specific heroes. I think that's what they were going for. It's like meant to counter a game plan rather than a specific hero. Uh, I've noticed that the 20% isn't really that significant for most heroes that were previously countered by Spirit Vessel. But you can still buy Spirit Vessel to counter them, obviously, with the active adding up to 55%, um, which is like I've played Necro into the new Aura. It's really not that bad. Um I just think that they were trying to make it so that like Sanjana's Satanic wasn't nearly as powerful later on in the game, and then uh, they just wanted like Scotty plus the spirit vessel to be like a way to, because it used to be if you reached Nyasha Satanic on most heroes, that was just like GG. Like what mm-hmm. what was the opponent supposed to do? There was no item, no way to actually counter this. So now. Uh, unless they're BKB, the aura does apply to them at all times. And if you combine that with a Scotty, suddenly that SNY Satanic is only uh, 45% effectiveness. So that's pretty drastic in terms of the late game scalability of like this one build that was always too good. So I think that's what they were really going for was more so like targeting... They want There needs to be some semblance of rock, paper, scissors in Dota. And previously, the... The Sanjanasha Satanic route was there was no counter, so I okay. think that's what they're going for.
2: Yeah, try, trying to keep it as diverse as possible is, of course, important. And it's always been the case, I'm sure, from a designer's perspective. Very difficult task, and while well, we always see changes in certain patches are, gonna, of course, going to lend towards certain ways, but uh, yeah, part of the uh, part of the game plan there for sure. Um, as far as heroes go, one that was uh, I thought was interesting was. Wait, what was there? I think there was four heroes in total from the ESL event. All that grinding that were not played at all, and Klink's was one of them. And he, uh, definitely, some eyes were put on him. His searing arrows got buffed up quite a bit uh, with that with that damage increase. So I'm sure pubs aren't the happiest with this. Pro- probably still not going to see that. You're on competitive play, I, I would figure. But
3: I think he might actually heroes. be viable. It's just a okay. uh, concern against like illusion heroes. I think is is his biggest issue. But I think if you combine him with uh, any heroes that can shove towers, that's really like or just like shove waves. Clinch just doesn't clear waves at all, and he doesn't uh, ever show on map. Like most carry core heroes, will you know they farm waves, they clear waves, they show on waves. So having a hero like him is similar to Ricky, and I think he'll fit the meta in a similar way. He doesn't offer quite as much kill potential, but he offers a bit more team fight, and he offers tower push. So. He's a little bit of a hybrid of Ricky. I think he actually might be decent now. We'll have to see moving forward, but I, I would not grief my teammate if he picked Klinks in my game. So <laughs> fair enough. that's all I know.
2: All right. Yeah. Again, these weren't the biggest patches ever. Just worth worthy mention of a couple of things there. Um, anything else you want to add before?
3: No, I think it's really important though, that people know that even though the patch doesn't seem that significant, that these little tweaks can go a long way to like what heroes are viable. And, like, even if they're like, wow, this patch sucks. Look at that. This is all they gave us. Uh, the game of Dota is incredibly fragile. So, uh, yeah. I think in terms of the balancing side of it. So, I think that the-, the patches like 7.26B, for instance, are quite significant, giving more gold on the map and making reliable gold not be anything other than passive income anymore. Like, these types of changes, it's hard to always know exactly how they'll play out, but they're significant. So,. Uh, just making sure people have the right mindset on that
2: one. Yeah, the, yeah. even the neutral item drop times being oh, changed absolutely. slightly. The game
3: slowly... It's slowed down a bit early and then sped up a bit later. It's yeah. like, that's significant.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Now, instead of 40 minutes for Tier 4 items, it's 37 minutes. And again, it's like in re- initial reactions like, oh, it's really not. But it kind of is. It's three minutes earlier that those Tier 4 very powerful items are going to start popping out. Uh, obviously trying to speed things up there. Sure is a big I think
3: they're trying to hit this crucial timing of like games lasting between 30 to 45 minutes sure. because they slow down the game a bit early and then with the like the mm-hmm. second and third tier of neutral items but then they sped it up with this one so I think they're trying to hit this critical mass of like I think 30 to 45 minute games of dota are pretty healthy like that's like a healthy yeah. duration for a game of dota so uh, I think that's what they're going for and it makes sense with their changes. And I, they've been doing a good job of proving that if something's clearly wrong with their balance, that they will address it. So, if this doesn't work, I'm sure they'll tweak it even more.
2: All right. Well, so there you go. There's the the patch 7.26, both A and B coming out within the last week or so. Um, check it out if you haven't yet, and obviously seeing plenty of it in events like We Play and uh, so on. So. Um, as far as on the list, I, that that kind of goes over topics that we plan to discuss on today's episode. Uh, one other one I thought, so this is kind of a little bit off topic, I guess you could say, but it, if it's in the esports realm and maybe we could tie it in somewhat with Dota, but it was announced today that the MVP of, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, I really should have saved his name, but he was the MVP of uh, the Overwatch League this last season, he just announced that he's leaving Overwatch and going to be competing in Valorant. Obviously, there's a lot of hype oh. around Valorant coming out, so we're not talking about just like a random... Play- I mean, literally, the best player, according to that, that title right there, right? So, um, I found that fascinating in the idea, so to kind of tie it in, like, is is, is that something Dota 2 really needs to be worried about in the, in the near future? Obviously, it's not something you can realistically predict, right? But... MOBAs are so, and I feel like we've kind of gone in a in a timeline or how you want to look at it, where MOBAs are massive. But is there really going to be another MOBA that? takes players away from obviously a league of legends as well as a dota 2 as they are the mobas that we know it's weird it's to me i I just don't see it it's it's kind of weird to think but yeah i I don't see see it but in the first person shooter scene obviously there's been so much development in that genre and there's so many different things i guess you could do with it it feels like so a little more understandable there but yeah so to ask that question it sounds like that you don't you don't think so
3: I don't think so. I think part of part of MOBAs in general is like the how much intricacy there is to the balance as well as like to learning the games. So it's not like shooters where they have this all oh, new type of style, new guns, new look uh you know, appeal to them. I don't think MOBAs have that. I think it's like immersing yourself in the strategy of the game and like keeping up with the patches as they come out and like if you if you weren't here for the last three patches, then if you were to read seven point two six B, you'd just be like Why? Like why are they doing this? But then at the same time, if you're like a regular player, you look at these changes and you're like, Oh, that makes so much sense. et etc. Cetera, et cetera, excuse me, etcetera, etc. Cetera. So I just think uh the appeal of new games doesn't really work for MOBAs.
2: Yeah. It Slasher actually has a really A really interesting take on this too. Slash, of course, very popular in the esports news world and opinion world. Um, In that games like, you know, your Rainbow Six, Overwatch, even Counter Strike, or I guess not really Counter Strike part of that necessarily, but these games, their developers, it's these players moving over in some, in a lot of cases, more than to moving over for the sake of they're really interested in Valorant. They also are disappointed with some actions on their previous yeah. game that they're coming for from. Sure. So, I mean, that's another thing to think about. With as as much shit as we give Valve in, in some ways, I, I I personally always find myself going back to look at what they've done for the scene, though. At the same time, and look at how much they have helped develop it, and and how much they fostered it, etc. So, are they perfect? Absolutely not. But I I, I definitely think Valve is certainly considered. A lot more reliable and a lot better at running an esports world, both in Dota and Counter Strike than some of these other companies. So,
3: Yeah, the funny thing is, we talk about how incompetent Valve is sometimes, like when it comes to addressing toxicity, smurfs, anything like that. But at the same time, the balancing of the game is top notch, and that's why the game is still where it is, yeah. period. Like the game, the balancing of Dota is uh, not saying every patch is perfect, but the balancing is very. Thorough, very well thought out, very purposeful. Like it's just, it's just great. So we're very lucky to have the level of balance in the game and it wouldn't be the game it was if it wasn't that way.
2: Dota 2, man. It's a game we all yeah. love and a game that we'll continue to love. I'm sure for many, many of years. So all right, I think that's a good note to uh, to officially start wrapping it up on though. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you as always for tuning in. Real quickly, also hit that follow button if you haven't yet. Uh, we we do that with uh, this weekly show here, amongst all these other shows uh, in the esports world that are on this prediction esports umbrella. So, definitely check them all out. Uh, hit that subscription button if you don't mind as well. It definitely helps not only support our our uh, show but the others as I mentioned there as well. But uh, as far as this week's episode of the Wombo Combo Podcast for myself. Uh, joined by bsj as always anything else bsj i'm good man all right till next week always like to give you a chance have a good night guys we'll see you next time
1: everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist